chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Come on in for an evening of poems and stories about the American West. A land of legend, of romance, of friendship and courage. A motherload of remembrance. A true showcase of the Old West with the old cowboy, J.C. Holsey. I remember Christmas as a child. There wasn't much money, but my mother always made sure that my brothers and sisters and I received something, whether it be a toy or just some fruit and nuts in the stocking. We always had a cedar tree decorated with popcorn strings and other homemade things. We used Tide soap to make snow for the limbs. The first Christmas tree my bride and I shared, there was a small tree. But my past decorating experience came in handy, as we didn't have any money for lavish decorations. Today, I think many young folks are missing out on the real meaning of Christmas by having too much. By the mid-1800s, the American Christmas tradition included much of the same customs and festivities as it does today, including tree decorating, gift giving, Santa Claus, greeting cards, stockings by the fire, church activities, and family-oriented days of feasting and fun. But for those in the Old West, far away from the more civilized life of the East, pioneers, cowboys, explorers, and mountain men usually celebrated Christmas with homemade gifts and humble fare. Christmas for many in the Old West was a difficult time. For those on the prairies, they were often barraged with terrible blizzards and savage December winds. For mountain men forced away from their mining activities long before Christmas, in fear of the blinding winter storms and freezing cold, the holidays were often meager. But to those strong pioneers, Christmas would not be forgotten, be it ever so humble. Determined to bring the spirit of Christmas alive on the American frontier, soldiers could be heard caroling at their remote outposts, and these hardy pioneers looked forward to the chance to forget their hard everyday lives to focus on the holiday. Perhaps modest, these pioneers made every attempt to decorate their homes for the holidays with whatever natural materials looked attractive at the bleakest time of year, such as evergreens, pine cones, holly, nuts, and berries. For some, there might even be a Christmas tree, gaily decorated with bits of ribbon, yarn, berries, popcorn, or paper strings. Homemade decorations. Some of these homemade decorations were often figures of dolls made of straw or yarn. Cookie dough ornaments and gingerbread men were also popular. In other places, wood was simply too scarce to waste on a tree if one could be found at all. Other pioneer homes were simply too small to make room for a tree. At the very least, almost every home would make the holiday a time of feasting, bringing out canned fruits and vegetables, fresh game if possible, for those that could afford it, maybe even a beef or a ham. Many women began to bake for the holiday weeks ahead of time, leaving the plum pudding to age in the pot until Christmas dinner. There were many homemade gifts, cornhusk dolls, carved wooden toys, pillows, footstools, embroidered hankies. Children might find candies and small gifts, cookies and fruit in their stocking. Christmas Eve would generally find most families singing carols around the Christmas tree or around the fireplace. On Christmas Day, most would attend church and then return home for the traditional Christmas meal. Then, as it is today, Christmas would also find many a mountain man, explorer, or lone cowboy spending a solitude evening without the benefit of festivities. It seems the more things change, some things remain the same. Now let's listen to a little song by Greg Sterling. That better be Santa Claus.
suspicious, but it was Christmas, so I took her word. Then somewhere out by the back of the house came a voice I'd never heard. Somebody yelled somebody's name. I saw a flash of red. Then I saw green and grabbed Jolene, and this is what I said. That better be Santa Claus. Those better be reindeer paws Making tracks out in the snow I wanna hear a ho, ho, ho I better find lots of toys For my little girl and boy I wanna hear some tra-la-la That better be Santa Claus is that guy in the red suit thank you greg that was great we want to welcome to the wild west showdown today a real cowboy and a cowboy poet clint rollison welcome clint well thank you i'm glad to be here what's the weather like there in florida today it's 84 and sunny here in south florida so it's a it's a pretty nice day where do you live in florida clint i'm right on the north edge of the everglades i live in a little place called Selda. Uh, we have a post office and a caution light. About 300 people live here scattered through the woods. It's in south central Florida, like I said, right just on the north edge of the Everglades. Living on the edge of the Everglades sounds pretty dangerous to this old cowboy. <laughs> it's an interesting place to live. Uh, I'm uh, third generation right here where I'm at, fifth generation in the cow business in the state of Florida, so it's in, it's, it's in my blood. You say you live the cowboy life. Is it really a cowboy? You really ride horses and that kind of stuff? Yes, sir. That's what I've done all my life. I'm a manager on a ranch. We raise our calves that are about 10 months old and send them out in your part of the country and let somebody else feed them to uh-huh. get them ready to butcher them. Was your daddy and your grandpa cowboys before you? Yes, sir. My grandpa was a 
range right around the open range back in the 20s and 30s and right on up into the, about 1941 or 42. He was a range boss on the open range during the screw worms and the fever tick, pretty bad times ranching in Florida. And of course, at that time, it was during the fever tick. It was everywhere in screw worms. Have you ever thought that you might want to do something besides cowboying? No, sir, not in my life. My dad is 71 years old. He's still a foreman on a large cattle operation here in South Florida. I swung my leg over a horse as early as I could and never thought I ever wanted to do anything else. A lot of folks are going to be envious of your job. I, I'm pretty blessed. I, I really am. I, I tell people this. I, you know, Willie Nelson sang that old song about his heroes always being cowboys. Mine were always cowboys, too, but they weren't on the movie screen or television, and they weren't gunslingers and outlaws. And my cowboy heroes were out riding fence, gathering cattle, and on big cow drives. And uh, that's kind of what I grew up in and have been blessed enough to keep on doing it. Do you have kids? Yes, sir. I've been married for right at 29 years. I've got three daughters. Uh, my oldest daughter still helps us on the ranch here, and my middle daughter is a is a nurse, and my youngest daughter is still in college. But uh, everybody's involved around the ranch. I'm fortunate enough to work for great people, the owners of the ranch, and uh, they allow me to keep my family involved. When you go on Roundup, do you ride horses? Yes, sir. Not much has changed here in my lifetime as far as that goes. We, we still do things horseback. It's pretty much old school as far as that goes. Still saddle your horse early and ride him till you're done. I imagine there's one thing that's changed. Do you carry a cell phone? Yes, sir. I fought it for quite a few years and uh, didn't carry my cell phone horseback. I'd, I'd always tell them, if y'all want me, just wait till I get back. But in the last few years, it's came to where sir, I have to admit that I've weakened and I carry my cell phone horseback with me. I understand you're writing a book, is that correct? Yes, sir, I am writing a book. It's a book of short stories and poetry. It's just about what I do. My, I wouldn't call it a biography, but... Pretty much if you read it, you can kind of tell a lot about my life. I grew up in this business through uh, my 30s until my early 30s. From my 20s through my early 30s, I was a PRCA bullfighter and uh, did that for a while. I was always involved in rodeo, and some of my poetry and my stories are about that. But the rest of it's just ranch life, things that I appreciate that I've been able to do and be blessed by the good Lord to be able to get up every morning and saddle a horse or spend my day on the ranch. I can't imagine what people go through that live in town and have to look at concrete every day. How close are you to finishing this book? I'm hoping to be ready to publish by the middle of January. I'm still not sure on my publishing part of it. I'm looking at some self-publishing options and uh, and actually going to look at your outlaw publishing, which I didn't know anything about until here the last few days. But going to look at that and, and uh, see, see where we're at and see what's the best route for, for me to go. Uh, my education's been on the back of a horse and uh, looking at a cow from both ends, but uh, I'm, I'm learning all about this stuff, and it's been an undertaking. I wrote my first poem when I was 46 years old and wrote a few and put them on Facebook. Somebody talked me into getting on Facebook, so I got on there and put some on there and People really liked them and kept on doing it, and then people started asking me when I was going to write a book, so that's kind of where that came from. But I, I'm all new to this stuff. Did you get to go to the movies as a kid? I did every now and then. It was a treat for us. We lived so far out, but it, of course, at that time, it was a treat for us to be able to eat in town and, you know, or, or 
get ice cream or anything like that. But I did from time to time. I, we were able to go to the movies, and when I grew up, you know, uh, Clint Eastwood was the was the big cowboy, and, and he was always one of my favorites. So, yeah, I, I did from time to time. It wasn't real often that we got to town, but, but from time to time we did. Clint Eastwood was your favorite. Do you have a second favorite? I can't really say I had any real favorites. John Wayne, of course, was was the man. Uh, he reminded me a lot of my dad. He was always kind of tough and hard-nosed old cowboy and wasn't any nonsense around a cow, you know, if you were if you were with him. Now I'm going to ask you a tough question. Yes, sir. You've got three girls, and I know you're you're very proud of them, but you probably wanted a boy, didn't you? Oh, yeah, every one of them. <laughs> As they came along, you know, uh, my wife, Diane, and I, we, we wanted a boy, of course. And, you know, and I'm going to tell you, like everybody else would and how we all should be, that as long as they were healthy, we were happy. But uh, I grew up, you know, my, or my girls grew up right there on the ranch, and they were my hands. My oldest one is still my best hand of anybody that helps me. But now she's a school teacher, so I only have her during the summer months. And the other two are busy with their lives. And I think the only difference with uh, with that and and raising a boy was I think the boy would have stayed on, you know. And when they get when them girls get to a certain age, they start. Uh, starting their families and, and getting involved in that and a little less time on the ranch but I do have two grandsons now by my middle daughter Heather and uh, Luke and Owen and we are we're looking forward to them they're already little uh, buckaroos so we're uh, we're pretty proud of them did you have a favorite treat as a kid mine was always my granny's banana pudding I always loved it you want to recite one of your poems right now Yes, sir. I got one I can recite for you. This one's called The Hand. When I was a little boy, I used to wait on Daddy to get home in the evening. Back when I would get home from school, I'd wait on Daddy and the cow crew to get home in the evenings. I'd run down to the barn. I just always remembered these cowboys. He drinks his whiskey straight and his coffee black. Sees most of the world from a horse's back. It's a cracker cowboy life he leads in this land of Cyprus. And the show ain't no tumbleweeds. For 30 years, he's rode this range. He loved this job, never considered a change. The skin on his face is like the leather of an old saddle. The lines around his eyes tell stories of bronx and wild cattle. The fingers on his hands are as crooked as the limbs of an old oak tree. Nobody ever said this cowboy life would be pain-free. His old legs are bowed and his toes are turned in some for many years in the saddle, and there'll be many more to come. His old felt hat is stained with blood and sweat and dust. He wears a long sleeve khaki shirt because being flashy just ain't no must. His old Wrangler jeans are wore paper thin and that buckle he wears is from a long-ago rodeo win. Those spurs he wears on his old boots, well, they were made by his dad. Old dad's gone now, so they're the only pair that old cowboy's ever had. He rides a bay gelding that's lean and strong. He's built just right for these days so long. He'll watch a cow, and he'll pull on a rope, and he's the smoothest he's rode in that little slow lope. Around his old saddle, you'll find the tools of his trade. 
since the days of old, not many changes were made. On the candle, there's a flicker to protect him from a storm. And on those really cold mornings, it'll even keep him warm. In his saddlebag, there's a canteen and a piece of baling wire. And on his left billet, there's a pair of fence pliers. And on his right billet, there's a holster and a pistol tied from that gun. Many alligators and rattlesnakes died. There's a 12-foot buckskin whip that hangs from the horn on the left side. He carved the handle himself, and he plaited the whip from a deer hide. And on the right side of that horn, there's a lariat, and it's tied hard and fast. Because you know in this country, them boys that dally, they just don't last. From the Panhandle Timber to the St. John's Marsh, from the Kissimmee River to those Everglades so harsh, he rides this range, and all the while, he thanks God for allowing him this cowboy lifestyle. You just started riding how long ago? I rode my first one, I was 46, I was just about 47, about a year and a half, probably. And you never wrote before? No, sir. Didn't even try? Never did, no, sir. Had never tried. That's a little hard to believe, you've had this talent hidden all these years. And yes, sir, it's, uh, it's kind of shocking to me. Clint, we've enjoyed you being a guest on the Wild West Showdown today. And I want to give you a special invitation from one old cowboy to another. Come back and visit with us any time. Well, I'd sure like to do that. I'd love to come. Anytime you need me, you just give me a holler and I'll be on board. Talk to you later. Thank you, sir. I discovered a young lady on YouTube doing something that's almost become a lost art. Have you ever heard of anybody playing spoons? This is Rachel Ricketts with Okalala. Somewhere out there in Ogallala, I left my one beloved Sonata. On my way home, she drove me by, she drove me till I find no harm from you. I'll get by from you. No further than in Ogallala, where I lost my one. Beloved Sonata, I guess it's true, nothing can last, the good, the bad, all things must pass like you, I'll get over you, oh, nothing compares to the damage you've done, I was set to love you, to the dying sun, oh, nothing compares to the damage you've done, I was to love you to the dying sun. At night I dream of Ogallala and I drive my one beloved Sonata. But dreams were never made to last and our love is better left there in the past. And one day we'll both be six feet underground while the earth still spins. Round and round while the earth still spins Round and round while the earth still spins Round and round
Thank you, Rachel. That was unique. Now, how many times have I told you that everybody has a talent? You just need to share it with the world. If you're one of those folks that's been hiding your talent away, why don't you let us help you share it with the world? Don't keep hiding it away. Send an email to jc at outlawspublishing.com or jc at theoldcowboy.net. Now let's have another song by Templeton Thompson. Happy Ye Holidays. Now there's a young lady that's not hiding her talent away, and aren't you glad she's not? That was great, Templeton. Thank you a lot. You know, this is the time of year when many folks do things they wouldn't normally do the rest of the year. They seem to have a different attitude toward every aspect of their lives. They've got a smile on their face, and they say hello to folks that they wouldn't normally say anything to. Why is this? What is it about this season? You know, it isn't just a season for getting and receiving gifts with one another. It's not about a fat man in a red suit. Could it be that this time of the year is when they're reminded of whose birthday it really is? It's a time of rejoicing about the birth of our Savior. I think Christmas has been so commercialized that we tend to forget this fact. Now don't misunderstand me. I'm all for celebrating and I'm all for gift giving. 
But I think we should do these things not only during the Christmas season, but each day of our life. We should always have a smile and a kind word to offer to cheer someone up. Also, we need to remember there are some individuals that have an extra hard time, perhaps because they lost a loved one this time of year. Other folks are easily depressed because they see all the excitement and joy of others and they have a hard time understanding. This can be and should be a glorious time of celebration. But let's not become selfish and forgetful of others around us. Let us use Christ as our example to share with others the love that he shares with us, not just during this Christmas season, but all through the year. Here's a young man I just met on Facebook. Let me tell you what, he's going wild writing songs. He's a songwriting fool, and I mean that in a good way. Here's Remy Bennett singing Blue Christmas, which isn't one of his songs, but it is Christmas time after all. I'll have a good Thanks, Remy. You keep writing those songs. We want to give a special thank you to Greg Sterling, Templeton Thompson, Rachel Ricketts, and Kimmy Bennett for allowing us to play their music on the show. And a special thanks goes to Clint Rawlison for his poetry and being on the Wild West Showdown with us today. I can't understand why you don't get in touch with us and share your talent. 
All you have to do is send an email to jc at outlawspublishing.com or jc at theoldcowboy.net. I hope all you folks had a great 2015, and I'd wish for you to have an even better 2016. I think this year has been one of the best years of my life. That is, after my marriage and the birth of my kids. I've accomplished things that I never dreamed I could. And I'm confident that God willing, 2016 is going to be an even greater year for me. Outlaws Publishing is fast becoming a publishing house that a lot of folks are becoming interested in being a part of. The Wild West Showdown is a joy for me to do each week. I've met so many nice folks and have plans to meet many more next year. Now don't forget, next week is our Hank Williams Sr. Tribute Show. This is one you don't want to miss. We'll be having some of our singers doing their rendition of a Hank Williams song. So tell all your friends and your family about it. Be sure and tune in yourself. Now all you cowboys, gather round. Good judgment comes from experience. And a lot of that comes from bad judgment. Have a Merry Christmas, folks. This is the old cowboy saying adios and happy trails. Come on back next week to the Wild West Showdown with the old cowboy J.C. Holsey. Thank you.